wife gave birth to our first son, Camden George. Now, the past seven months have been probably the most fascinating months of my life. A lot of uncertainty, yet a great sense of peace. A certain sense of restriction, but also a great sense of freedom. So throughout this grace-filled period, these past few months, God has made his presence known and has taught me many lessons. So tonight, I wanted to share four points of reflection. And my hope is that while they're drawn from my experience as a new father, um, I hope they will have applicability in your life as well. So the first reflection, this is one that comes up often when I'm awake with Campion in the middle of the night. Now, the general pattern is in the evening, Laura and I, if we give Campion a bath, we'll put him to bed, and then we'll go sit on the couch for some indeterminate amount of time just to you know, decompress, stare into the abyss, and then we'll go to sleep. And so, after a deep sleep for about five to six minutes, Campion will start screaming. And it could be for any number of reasons. I mean, it could be he's hungry, wet diaper. Sometimes it's because he's tired. I don't, that doesn't make any sense to me, but you never know. Um, and Laura and I will we'll both like start moving or kind of like pretending to get up each, hoping that the other one will actually get up. Um, there are many joys to parenthood. This just happens to not be one of them. But sitting up in the middle of the night with a child does allow for some time for reflection. And I realize that these moments are an invitation by God to love more perfectly. So what do I mean by that? Well, most of the times in my life when I've chosen to love, usually I get something out of it. What do I mean by that? Usually it's a thank you, a smile, an acknowledgement, maybe a good feeling because I see that I've lifted someone else up. And while I don't want to think that this is the reason I do it, now before I get carried away with patting myself on the back for staying up with my child, I should also recognize that while God is calling to me to a more perfect love, he also did me a favor in giving me an object of love that is utterly adorable and lovable. I think, imagine if when a new person entered this world, imagine if they entered, instead of as an infant, a 15-year-old teenager. Congratulations, here's your new son. Now he wants to go in his room by himself and play video games. But this isn't what God did. Instead, he gave me a beautiful, innocent, and vulnerable baby who is full of potential. It's God's greatest creation, and his greatest creation in a state that, in a sense, most resembles humanity before the fall in his innocence. It's easy to see the goodness of it. It's easy to see in an infant the goodness by which God created all of humanity. So this is an example of God meeting me where I am. But here's the rub. Whenever God meets us where we are, 
there is always an invitation to something greater. My son, God willing, will grow up. He will sin. He will lose his innocence. He will be that annoying 15-year-old who wants to lock himself in his room and not talk to me. The goodness that's so easy to see in an infant will be harder and harder to recognize in the year comes, but it will be no less there. So therefore, I must continue to love him unconditionally as our Heavenly Father loves us, even when it becomes harder to do so. But that invitation doesn't stop there. We're called to love not just our family members, but everyone, even our enemies. We must recognize the humanity and the goodness in all of humanity and love accordingly. In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your heavenly Father, where he makes his sun rise on the bad and the good and causes rain to fall on the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what recompense will you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brothers only, what is unusual about that? Do not the pagans do the same? So be perfect, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. So my question is, how is God meeting you where you're at? If you're unsure, I would suggest start with looking where your pain and struggles are and know that Christ is right there next to you. But also remember it doesn't stop there. Whenever he meets us, he's always calling us to something more, an invitation to respond with heroic love to do something great. So that leads me to my second point. What does it mean to do something great? One of the struggles that I have as a new father, and I'm sure all parents have this struggle, centers around the idea of productivity or lack thereof. There are a lot of things that need to be done. Yard work, cleaning, organizing the house, exercise, reading, learning a new language during quarantine, making sourdough bread. <laughs> it's so easy to fall into the selfish trap of feeling unproductive, like somehow being a father is getting in the way of what I really want to do. My wife has to remind me that I need to rethink my understanding of productivity. So what does productivity now look like? Giving Campion a bottle, putting him to bed, playing with him, preparing meals for the family, washing dishes, and then doing it all over again. This may sound pretty boring, repetitive, maybe at times, but it's in the repetition of these mundane tasks that I am most clearly living out my vocation. To love greatly, I have to commit to these tasks, the necessary tasks that make up my vocation, which is to take care of my wife and child and help them get to heaven. In a sense, I had to die to my old self. The beauty and the irony of that is that now, in living out my vocation, I am more fully who God called me to be 
who I really am. As St. Paul says in Galatians, Yet I live, no longer I but Christ lives in me. God is calling each of us to greatness, but we have to remember that greatness is often achieved by doing the small, mundane, but important tasks over and over and over. So, if you want to achieve greatness, start preparing by committing to the small but important tasks that no one else wants to do, and do it with great love. As Mother Teresa says, we can do no great things, only small things, with great love. So this leads to my third point. Amidst the routine of fatherhood, I've learned to find God in the simplest moments that I get to return to every day. Morning cup of coffee, a walk with Lauren Campion, feeding Campion in the rocking chair, a brief happy hour beverage with my wife after work, prayer walk through the nearby cemetery, meals, a nice breeze while sitting in the backyard. The beauty of a quiet routine is that you get to return every single day and find God in the same spot and yet still be surprised. Sometimes we tend to expect to find God in the grand and the flashy. But often that is not the case. Most often it is not the case. Like the prophet Elijah when he was in the cave, then the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will pass by. There was a strong and violent wind rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, a light, silent sound. So I would suggest add quiet routine to your life and then look for God. Not because God is only in those moments, but because we can hear him most clearly in those moments. My final point of reflection goes back to the morning that Campion was born. Now, I had heard many things about the emotion or what you're supposed to feel when your child is born. It's going to be the greatest moment of your life. It's, there's nothing like it. And honestly, I was a little nervous because I'm not the most excitable person. So I was worried, what if I don't feel super excited? What if it isn't the most joyous moment? Well, God did not disappoint, but it was not what I expected. When Camping was born, the doctor, immediately he was crying, immediately placed him on Laura's chest so that she could hold him and see him face to face. And that look that she gave Campion, that gaze, it was the most beautiful thing I had ever seen. Now, while Campion was in the womb, for those nine months, Laura utterly loved him. Every decision she made was for his benefit. And even still, 
that love that she had took on a new pitch when she finally was able to see him face to face and he could crack open his little eyes and look back at her. Again, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever experienced, and it surprised me. So at some point over those few days after that, I was reflecting on that moment that I witnessed, and I couldn't help but think God was giving me the slightest hint, the slightest foretaste of what it will be like, hopefully, when we die and get to meet him face to face, the beatific vision. Oftentimes, we are like the child in the womb, utterly reliant on the mother, and the mother is the child's entire world. Yet, the mother may be a bit hard to perceive, imminent yet transcendent. We're also like the mother who loves her child despite not being able to see him, willing to sacrifice and suffer lovingly in anticipation of that joyful day when she gets to meet the child face to face. It's reminded me of John chapter 16 during the Last Supper discourses. Jesus says to the apostles before his arrest, When a woman is in labor, she is in anguish because her hour has arrived. But when she has given birth to a child, she no longer remembers the pain because of her joy that a child has been born into the world. So you also are now in anguish, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. The Christian life is not easy. Sometimes we can lose sight of why we're doing this. Only by falling more deeply in love with him can we continue the race and act according to how he is calling each of us. So in conclusion, I invite each of you to meditate hopefully on that day when you get to meet him face to face, you get to meet the fulfillment of all your desires and gaze at the loving Father and enter his heavenly embrace.